welcome back to a special episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. We are back to discuss. Uh, I I guess I got a bunch of super fans to discuss a big release game <laughs> that came out. Yes, we are all here to talk about Horizon for <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of uh, experts and fans to talk about the latest uh, From Software release, which is Elden Ring, and my first guest is a returning champion. Hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing, man? Good, Thanks good, for good. The, the invite uh, once again. No worries. Thank you for taking time away from your gameplay to, to discuss. Yeah. I know it's a big sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm itching uh, right now. <laughs> And new on the pod somehow is Daniel. Daniel, what's up? <laughs> How's it going, everyone? <laughs> and of course, my co-host, Mr. Robin. Robin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Loving the game. Loving everything about games right now. Right. So, so seeing as, although before you do that, as someone who is, I guess, new to, well, not new. Uh, but not exactly in the fandom. Um, how would you say the reception has been like from a from a casual non-fandom point of view? Uh, as someone who is an onlooker, I guess it's reviewed extremely well. It's one of the highest reviewed games of all time. So that's somehow expected. I don't know what to say, but somehow expected. <laughs> but still pretty remarkable. Uh, and... I think this is, I won't say the first big mainstream hit because Bloodborne was like a big mainstream hit. But I feel like this one could like propel it into the stratosphere. So how have you guys seen that, uh, the reception from like a casual uh, standpoint? The thing is, lots of people who weren't into Souls have tried to pick up Elden Ring. And I'm seeing 50-50. And this is using basically Twitter and forums, so who knows how it is in actual real life. But yeah. Yes, I've, I've seen a lot of people try to pick up the game, but in addition, I've seen a lot of people who did not know what they were signing up for. So, <laughs> there's one half of it is people saying, wow, this is open world. I never got into the Souls games before. I'm enjoying this. And another half is, the reviews deceived me. They said the game is approachable, but this this is it is literally Dark Souls 4. So you know it's interesting. It's half and half there. It's half and half there. I wouldn't say half and half. Uh, for anyone who's sort of known about the Soul series and the like, most people know that it's not for them or it's for them. The hype behind Elden Ring, as Robin has said, however, has gotten like a whole bunch of people to try it out like way more than you know would normally have and i wouldn't say it's 50 50 from my social media standpoint maybe i have like very biased things but i do see the people that robin is talking about where they are like um they didn't expect the game to be as hard or it still plays very much like a souls game or it's simply like harder sekiro and things like that but for me, I would put it at 60-40. 60 being a number of people that would never have picked up this kind of game. And after they get over the whole initial dying aspect, or they go to like the internet and they see that, oh, dying is normal, you find they come back several hours later and they're like, oh no, I actually got the hang of it after dying. And it's now like not so crazy anymore. And I'm enjoying it. And the exploration is great and things like that. 
then you know there's the subset who are like no game's still too hard for me i i just don't get it but even in terms of like the usual problem people would have in dark souls was they'll usually just tell you get good this time around people are telling you the options you have like the moment you say no the game is too hard you hear someone say no but you've got this you can try this style of play you can co-op because co-op is like huge in elden ring way better than initial souls the number of items we have like five items that just they bombard you with with like the next in the beginning like first two hours and you can literally just play the entire game co-op there's tiny areas where obviously the designers want you to experience the game such so are not just carried and like that's their design ethos but co-op is very very huge in this game with a lot of things that seem to be designed around it you can still solo it and the challenge is as insane as ever but the freedom to approach the challenges is way greater than any souls game by far it's like not even close yeah um i mean i i don't have too much to add to that but um yeah i think it's one of those things where um there is more of that um uh, more players who are, who are willing to try like you said like okay you know what i've seen people play this i mean it is getting highly rated you know let me give this a shot and um you know there, there will be those that will give up obviously but i also agree with daniel like there have been so many ways that they're really trying to be inclusive for um you know new players or people who aren't as battle-hearted aren't real punished you know they, they they do have the options that are provided to them so i think it's it's very exciting and i mean i, I just, just like you said in the beginning as well the fact that it's so highly rated also brings up a lot more curiosity in the game that I think would have been had it not been so um, highly rated as well. Uh, just to add on one more point to Michael's, uh, I think one thing most people don't get is that the Souls games are very community driven. It's not like your usual like Horizon Zero Dawn where you can sit alone, play, finish and you're done with it. Souls games have this sort of very uh, world spanning uh, role playing to them in that you know when you get stuck 90% of the time even when you don't want like you can try and figure it out on your own it's perfectly fine but it's one of those games where if someone just tells you no try going east and it may help you out you find that it's not taking away from the experience you still have to you know face those challenges yourself overcome them but a majority of the growth and how like the game is perceived as better usually comes from like the community interacting and saying oh you did this no, I know this. Or you passed that place. Did you go around back and see if you found anything? Things like that. So you find that that also, dec- like in the beginning, it usually feels impossible. But as time goes by and as people interact, you find that the whole experience becomes much easier as a whole because people are sharing all this information from the get-go and it just like makes it super enjoyable. So even that aspect is like a form of like, you know, curbing the difficulty and just improving the entry point. And they've done a really good job this time around because of the scale people literally have to interact and they're always talking about stuff awesome. It's, awesome. it's true like everyone has their own experience especially in the first few hours you'll find that yes you've got this opening area but the opening area is so big so it's there's so many choices so everyone is doing this, doing that, and then somebody will say, hey, I got this. And then someone else will be like, oh, that's cool. Where do I get this? I've never been there. Instead, I went here. So 
that community experience, which was always a big part of the Souls game, even from the features, you know, messages and stuff. It's just, it's at a whole new level now. And I guess you could say the converging point is, you know, is on social media, you'll see that, oh, the first story boss, that's what everyone is talking about. Like, oh, this guy. And then, you know, that boss can like kind of become emblematic of the game because the community just pushes that so much. Happened before with uh, what's this? Father Gascon in Bloodborne. <laughs> Gascon, yeah. Father Gascon. It is. I can. I'm seeing it happening in real time with the first two story bosses in Elden Ring, and it's it's really cool to see that sort of thing. It feels like we're all part of like like we're watching a series basically. We're, we're all wait like yes, we're all gonna be at different stages, but that initial excitement. Um, is there because everyone's trying to get to stuff or share information and stuff. But the interesting thing for me there is, you know, I play this game intentionally offline. Like, I don't know, it's, maybe it's that, the, the, the way I want punishment, but sometimes I'm like, you know, I want to play this offline. I don't want to know anything. I, wanna, I want to suffer first before I turn on any of the online elements. I don't know, I'm curious to know how you guys also, you know, um, uh, enjoy playing the game. So, I actually play yeah. with messages. I don't summon for co-op, but I do play with messages. Yeah. Because honestly, if it were not for messages, there's so much I would have missed out on. And yes, the, at this point, the messaging etiquette in the game is kind of bad because it's there's lots so of troll funny. messages. You will see, for example, <laughs> a guy who will say, secret path ahead. Then you go, oh, you hit it, there's no secret path. <laughs> Sometimes in the secret path ahead message, you'll see another message behind it, someone saying liar ahead, saying that no, this guy who said secret path ahead is a liar. So I feel like those little micro experiences are—they're they're unique. I enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. Or you're moving around and you say left ambush, and like even if I was playing offline and being super careful, I would never see that ambush. But because of the message system. I know that. Right item. You go right, there's a key item. You know, stuff like that. Or there's a checkpoint ahead, you know. I find that uh, reassuring. And it's fun. Especially because if you rate the messages, they get buffs and healing as well. So, Which adds for to me, it's a, it's a core feature. I'm enjoying that. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me... I am mm-hmm. I am doing the whole shebang. Like you guys, I am a smug person that will does their best to never summon. I literally didn't have summon the summoning item uh, for like over ten hours, and then I've got thirty three of them because I never use them. I have mm-hmm. I used one yesterday because I have a problem in RPGs. Whenever the game sort of says this is the general direction you need to go, I go the opposite way. Like, I am yeah. completely in the wrong region of Elden Ring where I am right now. Like, mm. I left Lingrave like two hours in. I literally saw the sign saying, go that way. And I went the extreme, and there's no walls, just like in Breath mm. of the Wild. You go. If you get weaved, mm. it's fine. And ironically enough, Dark Souls has always been like this. Uh, one thing I remember was Dark Souls 1 when I initially played it. 
I didn't know where to go. So the first time I played it, I went into the catacombs just at the beginning, Ooh. thinking that that was the right way to go. And I found skeletons <laughs> that never die. <laughs> a whole bunch of horrific stuff. And, uh-huh. you know, because I played there so long, when I finally went the opposite direction, the experience just blew my mind. And since then, I've been ruined. Every time I'll just go in a direction that I assume the designers didn't want me to go. But Elden Ring doesn't really punish you for going the other way. You still get mm-hmm. stuff if you survive. Well and good. I love the, the the messaging system, like Robin said. Like it's so much fun. I find it hilarious. I'm in a dark, horrible cave. I am literally freaking out. My nerves are short. My palms are sweaty. And then someone sees a turtle in front and says, dog ahead. And I just burst out laughing. And you know, the tension is dropped a little bit. Like most people, I have been saved by one of my messages getting rated during a boss fight. I still died at the end of it all, but I had run out of potions. This thing clipped me and I was like, I'm dead. And then I wasn't. I was like, wait, what happened? I was like, ah, my message got rated and I continued fighting. Still lost the fight because I was like way too early in the area. But I, I got like the buzz I got was so great. So yeah. yeah, but yesterday I took myself way too far off the beaten path and I found a boss mm-hmm. who every time they tagged me, I just died instantly. So I just, I had the damage to fight them, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the vigor to survive because I'm too underleveled, too undergeared. But to be there. And exactly. I... And, and, and I play like highly aggressive glass cannons, but I should be at least able to take a hit. But this dude, every yeah. time, just clip me, done. So I was like, no, nope, I, I just need a distraction. And the person who I summoned was literally a tank, ironically enough. The first summon was a mage. Similar mm-hmm. to me, we did similar things. Almost won. I got clipped, died. And I was like, all right, that was mm-hmm. close. Summoned the mm-hmm. tank. Tank came along. This dude was just standing in front of the boss. Garbage damage. These are the people that to fight a dude for 30 minutes. But I was like, mm-hmm. I like you. And I beat the thing, basically. And that was great. Yeah. yeah. Before we, we talk too much about our playstyle, I also want to talk for like, you know, someone like in Dennis's position, you know, you would be looking at a game like this and be like, okay, I don't like Dark Souls. I don't like these types of games. I don't understand why people would play them and h- how is Elden Ring going to be any different? Mm-hmm. But then I, I would say like, you know, if you fundamentally, yes, it is a loop you have to get into because, you know, it's one of those things I was also in that position. From the outside looking in, you'd think, why would you want to go through that type of pain? Why would you want to frustrate yourself? But like, there's a beauty to trying to not only overcome the challenges of a game, but also to discover its world. Like, this game is gorgeous. You know, when you look at talk about games like Zelda and so on, this game is gorgeous. Like, there's so much storytelling going on just from the space you're in, uh the the story that's trying to unfold the enemies you encounter and then the things these guys are talking about where there's that community as well that feeling of you could be alone but in some cases you could be elevated by people in your similar plight you know yeah so i think that's a that's a, a really interesting thing for me on the other hand just to quickly touch on it i i have always played dark souls in a twisted way so i never summon i never I mean, only when I finish the game several times, then I start invading worlds and stuff, because that's fun. But, yeah, I play serious hardcore. Like like you're saying, dude, when you go somewhere where you're not supposed to go, 
Like the fact that I can't just find a merchant to give me stuff. The way I've been getting killed with my toy toy swords and stuff like that. <laughs> he knows he was breaking me. Yeah. But but yeah. So um, yeah, I think it's a very beautiful game, man. Like everything that they that we've seen in every previous Soul series game has just been put in here meticulously well, and also it's been a bit more welcoming to play. Can I just add one thing that they've done that's kind of sneaky, Michael? That you should probably do. I know, like, just set, just switch on online. The the spirits of other players are so many this time around. That uh. stuff messes with your head, bro. Like half the time <laughs> I'm running around and the spirit will pass me. But like there are quite a lot, and you see like a lot of players moving around, mm. doing stuff, jumping, and it like gives you a good idea of just how many people are going through the same challenges as you. I'm a stubborn person, just like this dude. Like, unless I really don't want to beat my head against the wall, I will fight the bosses solo. Platted, blunt board, solo. This one, I went as far as I could solo. I'm going to go mm. back probably to the earlier regions and just like explore them properly. But there's this thing that always happens every now and then where I'm just running in like an isolated area and this dude just passes by and I'm just, I roll and I'm like, no, whoa, shit. <laughs> and then it's just this dude, he's crouching. Jumping, and I'm just like, it's a damn spirit. He's <laughs> on his grind, man. It's hilarious, but it's great. Yeah, you know, the, sp the spirits are really funny because you can be walking and then you just see a bunch of blood stains, and then you immediately know that okay, there's there's something fishy here, something really, really fishy here. So the community features, they have their place. Like even if you don't want to do some, I think the at least using some portion of the online features is okay. You know, Michael, there's something you said mm. where I where I think I'm going to have to call you out. Where you said, mm. uh, for someone like Dennis who has played the Souls game, but he said he doesn't like them. Mm. I, you know, I've been thinking about it. And mm. I, if you've never played the Souls game, which isn't his time. If you've never played a Souls game, I can recommend the game to you to say, give it a shot. But if you have played one and you already know you don't like one, I can't in good faith say that you should play this game. Like, honestly speaking. Because... I mean, with, I, with the co-op features, if that could be that thing, you know? Listen, listen, that could be... Hear, hear me out. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yes, the game is more approachable because they, like, added lots of you know, there's the co-op features, there's the community which is helping and there's all that, you know, oh, if you don't want to, you can go somewhere else. But I feel like, okay, I'm going to take you back to Dark Souls 3 for a minute. Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro. Have you noticed in Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro, the design ethos of most of the bosses? Like, I'll just put that out there. In in a few words, tell me what you think the design ethos of the bosses in in those games are compared to Dark Souls One and Two. Like from Bloodborne going forward, what do you think? Like what comes to mind immediately? Both. Can I say first. All right. Uh, since uh, Bloodborne, the ethos is fast bosses, huge move move pools, and sort of uh, baiting you out, like faking you out, because each of these bosses can fake you out, man. I'll also say phases, phases, like, uh, phases, you know, 
yeah, the, like that was the thing with Dark Souls Three. It's like the, a, a boss was never just dead. You're always waiting for the next phase, and I and that was also there in Sekiro, but it was mostly with the the, the lives that they're given. But I like that it still translates a bit here. Um, yeah, without saying too much, it's still, it, I, I, I like that part about it. It frustrates me, but I do like that part about it. I've always loved phases. I'm not even going to pretend. Like ever since phases are cool. One of my most one of my most frustrating experiences in Bloodborne was fighting Ludwig the Accursed, and the the amount of difference between his first phase and his second phase is one of the most genius and honestly unfair things in gaming. It's genius <laughs> in that you cannot it, the game doesn't allow you to cheese the fight. You have to mm-hmm. completely adjust the way the playstyle goes. He literally goes from a raging beast to a calculated fighter and it throws you so hard the first time because you know you're from just scrambling about to now you have to start looking at him, well timed dodges, <laughs> pacing, all the fundamental stuff. They're like, okay, first throw it out. After the throw made you throw it out, they're like, okay, no, 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 no. Now let's see you do it again. <laughs> uh, to answer no, this game has like, made yeah, me scream. Yeah, the general ethos has been along those lines of like, they push you in one way and then they want you to adjust like that to a different situation, which in itself is like the core ethos of gaming. Like it's how those so, Mario yeah. speedrunners do stuff. But don't forget exactly. even Sekiro. Sekiro is like, I want you to learn. Like, no matter how hard that issue in the saint was, the way I felt accomplished at the end, I was like, you know what? Thank you. You you beat me, but I think I have learned. I, I felt... That's the one thing I... Sorry, I don't want to go off topic, but like, with the first time I fought Gwen uh, uh, in um, Dark Souls 1 and Ishin the Saint, I was happy I, I did it, but I was also like proud of how awesome it felt and what it meant for the story. I have a question. So, like, I noticed that um, there are different classes and stuff. How different are the playstyles? Like, because um, I'm trying the game out. Hey! And I went with the, <laughs> I went with the archer, the bandit, hey! uh, which is like stealth, stealth stuff, I guess. Because that's what I, I like. Uh, but I'm obviously getting my ass handed yes. to me because <laughs> it's, it's, it's not working. It's not working out. Uh, so like, how different are the playstyles? Like, because there's mages and stuff. There's like, like I, say, a tank. Magic. How does that stuff mode. work? Magic is easy. However, mode. however, I am I playing say, a mage. Yeah, but I'm a spell sword. I'm a, but it's my what do you call this? It's my fantasy RPG build. I always love being uh, what do you call this? Uh, what are the, what's the word? A spell blade. That's the term. I've always, even in uh, Bloodborne, I was an arcane strength with sub-dex build, and I used the Moonlight Great Sword exclusively when I got it. But I will tell you this, Dennis, so that you're not discouraged. I've started Dark. I've started Elden Ring three times. Now. <laughs> dude, you what? After complaining about me in MMOs, ah, uh, dude, it's MMOs. Me here, because I'm big on how the game feels. Like. If I pick mm-hmm. a class and I play it and it doesn't feel a certain way, I don't enjoy it. It doesn't matter whether someone says it's top tier, it's the best of the best. If it doesn't feel nice to me, I will go through a bunch of classes. So my initial pick was um, the, the not the astrologer, the guys who wear the hoods, micro, the ones with the long sword, they're like priests, but they have, a, they have mm-hmm. armor. Yeah, they've got mm. a good stat spread. I saw their stuff and I was like, oh, this 
this looks like it would feel good for me. I can sort of, you know, get a feeling of the game and maybe build them mm-hmm. out um, mm-hmm. as you go. By the way, in all Soulsborne games um, outside of Sekiro, when you start the game, while you're starting class does sort of give you an idea of how you're going to play. By the time you're hitting like the true mid game, you can just divert to whatever the heck you want and play the way you want. That's one of like the biggest draws. But for me, the class did feel right. So I started again, and this time I chose uh, Vanguard. I played for like 40 minutes and I'm like, nope, still doesn't give me that feeling. And then like the scum that I am and like Robin, I went and chose Astrologer. So ideally, uh, <laughs> I would have picked Prisoner. But Prisoner's stats, I don't I believe in prisoner. Spread, You see? I don't believe in spreading my stats out. When I discovered <laughs> what my stat was, I just went and saw the highest int stat. Oh yeah, I started with Hero actually, but I went for uh, Astrologer. Got my intelligence stat started and I'm literally now, my character now has got like 18 dexterity, 18 strength. It doesn't look like a mage, but I have like high intelligence. So I wear like heavy armor. I'm like 28. I wear heavy armor. I have a staff in one hand. We don't do shields. And my sword in the other. Or attack, you know, or roll. Let, let me tell you something funny, Daniel. I, I am level, I think, 102. And what? Man. I, How many hours have you played? <laughs> How many hours have you played? I think 41 or so. Listen, that's besides the point. I'm level 102. <laughs> no, that's not besides I'm the point. <laughs> Listen, you guys are distracting me. I'm level 102. And just like you, I also have 18 strength and 18 dexterity. <laughs> Since then, I have kept my strength and dexterity at 18 each because that gives me enough to hold whatever weapon will complement my staff the exactly. best. Exactly. Yeah, no, so, I, I'm with you there. <laughs> there's a lot of versatility in build. I've just put all my other points into intelligence you know, endurance, vigor, mind, and all that. But it shows that, look, you at level 20 and me at level 102 have the exact same strength and dexterity. To give you context, Dennis, he casts spells just as fast as I can, and he's level 120, because your spell speed, your spell <laughs> casting speed is determined by your dexterity. So if we were to cast oh, okay. spells at the same time, we'd hit each other, I'll probably die, but I'll die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, when I, when I ever, whenever I do, um, my role playing class is I always go for uh, Dark Knight. I'm always trying to go for that, nice, like you know, nice. a knight from the abyss or something. So for me, it's all about those great swords, bro. Arcane stuff, great swords. That's it. So and I was very frustrated. Where arcane and faith? My arcane and faith are quite rubbish. My strength is like forty-five. So I'm, in I'm, ju- I'm curious, what does faith do? Because that's like a new, that's a unique stat. To okay, so let me explain the way the stat spreads. Arcane is actually the unique one. It's like this. Intelligence influences your sorcery, which is like magic cast with a staff. It's like, oh, blasts, they look blue, stuff like that. Faith influences incantations. Incantations are fire, lightning, and holy magic. So they can be healing, lightning bolts, shooting, mm-hmm. setting someone on fire, stuff like that. Arcane in previous games used to be called luck. It yeah. influences your item discovery. But in 
in Elden Ring, Arcane is, aside from yes, item discovery, it's also the stack that influences weapons which do the blood, blood damage. damage. Not not bleeding, but like actual it's, physical it's witchcraft. Blood. Witchcraft. Yes, it's witchcraft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the stat I'm going for now. Huh? You want to be a Dark Knight Faith or Arcane? Faith and Arcane. Nah, I don't want to do Faith, man. Faith, faith is when I do my green build, when I come back in. <laughs> Holy I'm just man. casting lightning. Yeah, that's when I'll do that. No, but uh, exactly as Robin said, so like your stats, your starting class doesn't really determine it, but how it feels is a very good factor. So if you feel that it feels wrong, just restart. And one of the best experiences in the Souls games is when you restart, the experience you initially got getting into it is still there. So you find that you objectively get better at handling those initial areas and they feel significantly easier. Uh, Bloodborne, again, I'll go back to it because I played way too much of that. When I first got Bloodborne, like I got it day one when it launched. I played it up until Father Gascon and then Jesco cut, corrupted my PlayStation <laughs> and I lost all my data. I wow. just beaten him. It was horrifying. So fast forward four days later, because it used to take like a week to download stuff from the office. I come back and I breeze through the first area. P.S. I used to take like step by step. Initially, it took me about five hours to reach Father Gascon. I was there in like one. And I was like, eh, all right, this is, this is good. This is good. Nearly beat him on my second attempt at him. Almost, but second time beat him. And I became so confident from the fact that I had like... I just, like, it just felt different. Like, I felt stronger, but my character was literally the same, stat-wise. It's just that now I was used to the experience. And from then on, it was just up, up, up in terms of, like, enjoyment and stuff. For a seasoned Souls player, what is in this game that, because I feel like we've been talking about new players, for like, for a seasoned player, what's in this game that you're like, okay, this is, like, 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 what's, uh, What's gripping you? What have they added? What spice have they added for new players to be like? Because like you, you've played like what seven or eight of these now? Like you probably yeah. know the flow of them. It's muscle memory at this point. You know exactly what to do. Nothing surprising. Can I? Can I? Can sort I? Of. Can I? Can I go with yeah. that one for me first? Um, bro, this game is like, you know, it's a very good question because it's like, it's not just the new. There's a lot of new stuff. So first of all, it's open world. So new stays like a lot of new stuff, but it's the culmination of everything. It feels like every game was not just like, you know, Assassin's Creed, um, Valhalla and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you know, where it's like, okay, we've already kind of experienced this. Every Souls game felt like, okay, we're going from Dark Souls, which is the game, you know, it had its flaws and everything, but we're going Bloodborne, which is a completely new direction. You know, it's crazy, it's frantic, it's... Some people are like, what the hell's going on with all this stuff? But there's new mechanics. And every Souls game kind of did that. But this one is like the culmination of everything. It's like everything that was learned along the way, all the good things about the Souls games are now being put inside with, with such a level of craft and experience. And the Sekiro the sound, jump. The sec- yeah, the Sekiro Bro, everything that you would have liked about the game. Like, you imagine playing... Like how it was with Metal Gear Solid One, as amazing as that was, in, um, with its uh, story and everything. 
but two came in with a different sense of gameplay to the point where we were with five where it's evolved so much to that type of open world gameplay now imagine if kojima got to now make the mgs like the one where he's going to take everything he's learned all the stories everything into a whole new game that's what this feels like and then on top of that you add open world you add freedom and something that people don't talk about enough i feel especially don't play those games enough is the story and the law about these games like this is not something that you play and finish and say you know what's what's happening the law in these games will last for the next three four five years you know so having something be open world and tell that type of story which is all based around discovery yeah dude it's it's, it's fantastic this is just it's it's a masterpiece what what i was saying is that yes in a way it feels like a best hits collection of the last seven games six games i can't remember the number yes it feels like that it feels like oh it's a best hits collection but then they tacked on an open world so of course that seems derivative but you know open worlds are popular yes they are very popular uh, open world games sell well but every so often there will be an open world which you say this one is different so Elden Ring is not just souls with an open world it's souls but with one of those open worlds which is like this is different this stands out the obvious example which most people give is oh breath of the wild that like, yes this open world was something else and i don't think elden ring is like breath of the wild no i'm not going to say anything like that but i think elden rings Elden Ring's open world really sets it aside from the typical open world. It gets a lot of things right. It makes sure that when you open the map in Elden Ring and you see a structure on it, like a drawn structure, which you haven't been to, chances are there is something there. If you see an in, a point of interest, something that looks pretty, you go there, chances are there is something there. Usually, when I'm, you say something, well, like what does that mean? Like, cause like for let's say, um, I don't want to use Horizon. That's a bad example. I was say Assassin's Creed. That's like the quintessential, right? For Assassin's Creed, when there's an icon thing, you're like, it's probably a tower, it's probably an outpost, or some sort of mini boss, or or something. So, what are these things in Elden Ring? Now you see that comes down again to how souls games have been handling loot all the way back yes there will be oh you've picked up x crafting material x whatever but in general from from the start souls games have always made chests feel chests or points of interest very important because of because almost always something a unique armor set a unique weapon a unique spell and how unique, punishing it is to get to them that too a unique technique like here they're called the uh, ashes of war so they those give you different techniques and because elder ring has got such a high volume of content they've been able to spread it around so if you see a structure on the map you go there oh here there's a unique technique somewhere else oh here is a permanent upgrade to my flask here is a new weapon stuff which feels substantial and part of the reason it also feels substantial is even if you're not going to use that weapon or armor set 
go read the description and you'll get law from there. It helps My man. with the world building. You maybe you understand that okay by reading by by getting this weapon, even if I'm not going to use it, it's it's contributing to the story. So the large volume of content and how they've spread it around on the map. And that's before I even get into so many other unique things about the open-ended structure. One of the things it has from Dark Souls is that it's open-ended. You can kind of go wherever you want, and you can still end up going back to the main path by doing that. All that comes together in that you've got a really different feeling and good feeling open world, and that's what's blowing the minds away of of returning players. Can I can I just just compliment uh, Robin there again, like? Bro, you, you literally said it was on my mind. Like the story with item, like you're not just getting a new shield and you've got ten shields. You know, you're getting something that you can use, and if you don't use, like you said, it's going to tell you more about the world. Who held this shield before? What's their story? You know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna jam just now, guys. Let's 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 get through this. Uh, I I think they've covered like the the returning player hype pretty pretty well and like michael said it's the story and it, it's not always big story that's what one people uh that's one thing people tend to misunderstand about like souls game lore and in extension elden ring lore like you find a claymore and the claymore may say something like used by the soldiers of castle grayskull as a standard piece of armory it's nothing that's like significant in the grand scheme of you know whatever journey we are on but in your head you get immersed because someone took the time to give that weapon history to give to allow you to understand that and just from that you even know that oh this weapon is always found in the southern region around this castle because that's where it was used by the units that use it and stuff like that so these lore things they tie into the game system so well and in terms of design it's beautiful like it's one of the few games i've seen it's been a minute since I saw a game that didn't have, uh, I mean, that has like far, super far drawn hills and stuff. And it's not background or, you know, it's not um, like a backdrop scenery. In Elden Ring, as long as you can see it, you can get there. The only thing that you can't get across is the giant ocean that surrounds us. But for every, no matter how high the mountain is or big the landmass or how picturesque the castle looks in the distance chances are you can get there if you just say i'm going in that direction so like there's that and there's also the quality of life stuff Oof, there's so much quality of life in this game like for returning players that it's just mind-boggling new players may not appreciate it as much but returning players will love it uh i'm sure the guys can speak to this crafting has really been like not crafting in the sense of making items from scratch. I mean like crafting, like uh, smithing our weapons and upgrading them. That has been streamlined to a T and I it love it. It seemed like so well. Ah. It used to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the aspects for me that's like made coming back so much fun. And obviously the freedom has just been like amped up to nine. Like in terms of builds and stuff. And I love the yeah, crafting. There's something... Great. There's something pretty interesting you mentioned there, which was about uh, the way the lore is done, how it uh, gives you small microcosms of the world. And I think this is the best time to talk about uh, Mr. George's influence. Uh, 
Less and plot like... holes. <laughs> Not even about plot holes. Uh, you can tell that his... The way George builds worlds... I haven't even read any of his books, by the way. But I have an idea of how he builds his world. And the detail where he will... Exp- where he will set out oh there's maybe different houses multiple families and family trees and small subsections of kingdoms which are ruled by small counts small lords things like that those details really come through in this game even more yeah, than in previous souls so that you know the building of that of the world to make something more immersive it really shows in what Mr. George has done. And I'm not going to talk about the main story, but I'll say that there is also, you can also tell that there's some influence in the main story. I'm not going to spoil it, but, but it's very cohesive. It's very yeah, cohesive. There's, 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 an, there's, some, there's an air of cohesiveness. It's probably the most comprehensible Souls game to date. So I guess um, I'll, I'll ask. Uh, obviously without spoilers like what moments in the game did you play could be insignificant or quote-unquote insignificant did you play that made you go okay yeah this is this is probably one of the best source games i have played like what moment did you have while playing um the game so far uh gave you that Uh, who wants to go first (laughs) (laughs) okay i will i will i will keep it to the first area because for me that moment is outside of the first area but keeping it within the first area which is a limb grave i will say the second boss godric the grafton he is Next to Margaret the Fell Omen. Margaret the Fell Omen is already infiltrating mainstreamness in how much you know people have saying, oh, I've struggled with this guy. Oh, I finally beat this guy. You're seeing reaction videos. Oh, I beat Margaret, blah, blah, blah. And Godric is probably second in that much, in that regard. I think the moment Godric in his boss fight, once he enters his second phase, uh, I knew that okay, this is something special. We are, uh, that was we are, if if this is the second boss of the game, the second main story boss. God knows what they have in store for us. This is going to be something special. It's like, it's pretty epic to be honest. Like it's not very few game companies give you a second boss that goes oh. so hard. Getting emotional, man. Oh, Dennis, for Game reference, bro. for reference, uh, I guess I'll spoil this for you, Dennis, because it's the first area. Once you get Godric, Godric's gimmick is that he's known as Godric the Grafted. And you, throughout the whole first dungeon, you're seeing hints about, oh, people are being kidnapped. There's an NPC who then says, my friends were kidnapped for grafting. So you wonder, what does grafting mean? And then you meet an enemy... <laughs> in the dungeon who has got multiple hands and legs on him then you're like is this grafting then you meet godric the grafted and you see he also has multiple arms and legs on him and at the halfway point he cuts one of them off 
and there is a nearby wait 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 don't 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 stop there <laughs> let him <laughs> let him get mind blown but he grafts something okay. <laughs> anyway that's as i've said for me that was like okay this is going to be special this will be something um, i think let me go next for me <laughs> funny thing is mm. like uh margus for whatever reason that dude gave me grief man like I I can fight a fast boss any day but I've always had a challenge with soul games and slow bosses they just they get me every single time and this dude is the epitome of like slow <laughs> deliberate attacks and they tagged me every single time I am certain I killed way harder bosses than this guy and when I came yeah. back he still kicked my butt I was I came back to him I think way too strong and I still had a challenge with him that Godric for me wasn't that big a challenge I wasn't I was literally like just enjoying the fight against Godric but that dude man Margaret can eat it cuz and he talks so much shit when you die huh? like he pissed me. Yeah <laughs> Uh but no but it was great I I enjoyed the fight like he's definitely been like one of the highlights and he's so like not as imposing as like the other things you may meet at the beginning but he really just gets you into that mode of like okay you know he's like one of the first um true walls in the game that you have to overcome and you can bring people along but because of how he kicked my butt now it's like I'm taking him down solo he's not he's not getting that luxury but then there's another scene for me where um I won't even go into like spoiler details or anything I simply entered a new area and the sensation I got and I even said this out to my, I like the words i could see them in my mind was like the last time i felt like this was when i played skyrim that's how i felt like i walked wow. i went into this region and i was like i haven't had this feeling since skyrim from just exploring not the fights mm-hmm. not the mechanics from the world and i was ecstatic and then i got my mm-hmm. ass handed to me and left <laughs> i have to say and um, i know the place, obviously i know I've only the played like place you're talking about <laughs> i have to say i've only played like first i don't know 20 minutes of the game whatever what? like when i opened and i came out and i saw that big tree and the way it looked i was it really feels like like i said skyrim when you get out there or or fallout 3 when you first it's it's actually very it's like okay it's inviting you or oh, birth of the wild that that scene that everyone memes when he walks out and you can see everything mm-hmm. it's it's it's, it's yeah, why it's, it's cool. like the most common screenshot of Elden Ring players it's when you see it in a screenshot it doesn't look that amazing when you play it it slaps different yeah and when i started um i mean like for my moment there's that first area um where you're told you have to go find the maiden or whatever and then there's that guy that they didn't look like a boss that chap was on a horse You know this is one of those things dude that that enemy literally the game is telling you don't fight him now go you will get stronger and you can fight him but for me that doesn't make sense so i spent like 3 hours getting beaten by this this boss I, i was not meant to be fighting but when i beat him i was like ah bro these guys don't know who i am i'm putting time by the time i got to that omen chapter daniel talking about whoo exactly the same problem you have that deliberate slow nonsense i i can't deal it like it frustrates me and i had my first rage moment when <laughs> i dealt with him 
finally, then I fought uh, Goldrick, who was doing the same type of rubbish. Luckily, I always keep something that I can throw nearby that I know won't break <laughs> anything. But I literally, like, I screamed out at 3 a.m. Like, oh, like, but then I was happy afterwards because one of the beautiful things I keep doing is every boss fight, bro, I make sure when I beat them, I'm recording. So I just have all that footage because the way I beat that Goldrick guy, bro, it was humiliation. I just, <laughs> I literally, I, t- I got rid of my weapon and I fisted him. I dropped him with a left hook. And I said, this is what you deserve. Because <laughs> the whole time yeah. was beating me at first. I thought he wanted me, he, at first I thought he wanted me to be a worker. You know the way you can tell me about you're not fit for grass. I said, this one can tell me I can't <laughs> work. insults, oh my God. <laughs> Ha! Yeah, he, he talks some shit. He talks some shit. I'm not <laughs> no, good I said, no, this guy, I can't. I cannot. At my age. So, yeah. You know, it's pretty funny you said that the bosses with slow, delayed attacks. And, you know, we ended up digressing. But I was saying that the design ethos is now enemies which have delay attacks. And then after they delay, they'll delay it for five seconds, and then at 5.1 seconds, there's an attack that is super wide, and then you have nearly, and then you've been almost definitely tagged and one-shotted. And I think this is what would be most discouraging to new players. I call the, this play style, this design ethos, the get a crackhead and give him a giant stick. That is mm. basically... <laughs> what they've been doing with their bosses for a while <laughs> and they do it so much in this game that I, that's what I was saying I can't in good faith recommend this to somebody who knows they don't like Souls games because the bosses are just some of the hardest they've ever been with you know with and, getting packets and giving them giant sticks and it's sneaky Dennis huh? because when you hit a boss in Elden Ring you see a nice chunk of their health go and you're like, I can take this dude down. And almost always, like if you get a few hits in, you drop them to like a quarter of their health. And then they'll switch it up maybe, or they'll do... Oh, um, sorry, another thing. In the first area of Lingrave, there's... Uh, a, not, they're like these bosses that you find in some... Like there's caves and things like that, and some sort of like arenas. I fought one. That is one of my favorite fights so far, because that dude... Every single time I died and came back to fight him, his move pool got bigger or he showed me a different thing. And the first time I dropped him to half HP, he does something so out of character for the for the enemy I'm fighting. I just laughed because it was so cool <laughs> and it was so like it was such a bullshit moment. I'm like, this is bullshit. But also yeah. this is easily one of the coolest things I have ever seen. <laughs> Uh, just reminded me does this game still have the punishment of dying multiple times and then the world becomes corrupted no, or something not, no, not that no, we no. know because we, are, we don't like right now everyone is discovering stuff at the same time we literally have no idea what our consequences are like a Dark Souls game have a tendency of making subtle actions actually matter a lot at the end or like certain storylines just out like a like a real you know tabletop experience you do funny things and you close off some paths you open up others but in if i get the feeling from elden ring that we don't know what the consequences but dying 
in Souls games has never been a punishment at the end of the game. Like the, they stopped doing that. I think that was like only in Demon Souls where it affected. Yeah. You. Yeah, just Demon Souls. Yeah, but no, in this one, it it doesn't. We don't know if it does anything, but it seems we're still Dark Souls ish. I, I would assume. Okay. Okay. So, any any final thoughts? Any uh, anecdotes uh, from from anyone? About the game and its reception so far. I, I just feel like, um, uh, like I said earlier, this is the magnum opus of Miyazaki. This is one of those things where you see a developer or someone passionate about a genre that they really started, you know, pushing, but they keep improving it. They don't follow the industry and just try follow specific uh, gimmicks and so on. They push uh, the genre, and I really am happy that. The game is getting the success that I do feel it deserves because you can feel the effort that's been put into it. And, you know, the way Dark Souls affected the gaming industry, I'm sure that Elden Ring is about to do that for the next five years or so. A lot of developers now, I think, are watching this, are playing this and are being put on alert. That Look, as gamers, I think we are a bit jaded with, you know, just following the same type of formula. You need to come out there, try something different, try something uh, unique and add a lot of love and technique to it you know so for me i'm really happy i'm enjoying every moment of it i'm savoring it i'm about to play it now and yeah i'm super happy man yeah no i i completely agree with everything michael said it's a it's a good culminate like it's very rare in the industry where you see like game after game from a studio seems to try something new but then they don't throw away the system they simply like incorporate a better version of it in their next game and it just grows and grows and grows and this is like a combination of all of that and also with lessons learned from some other games and it's just come out masterfully to add on to what michael was saying like the only example i can give of how this feels is how it feels to play a gran turismo game it doesn't feel like a game that follows trends. Like, no GT game ever feels like that. They do their own thing, their own menus. GT7, I don't even play races like hardcore, but GT7, when I watch the trailers and the showcases, I'm like, I want this game because I have not seen anything like it. And that's the same sensation that Elden Ring is given. Like, you can't get this experience anywhere. You literally have a map that feels like it's a tabletop experience where you put a marker, you put a thing, you can write a note in your own book. Someone was complaining that, no, I didn't. I don't need a game with notebooks. Like, guys, it's a role-playing game. For once, let us enjoy role-playing. And I think while people may say, like, off the cuff, some people may be like, no, we're modern technology. We should have that in-game. But when they start playing the game, when something respects your intelligence, it, it hooks you very differently than a game that guides you and you sort of just lose the drive to play it anymore. And trust me, I'll be playing this game for a very long time. Like a very long time. But they do need to improve the PC performance. So it's, 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 it's been kind of terrible, but it's getting better now. Yeah, that was going to be my anecdote. You've touched on most of the points, but I think a word has to be said on how poorly from software art tech-wise like they may have amazing art direction, but uh, the rollout has not been flawless for the game. We have our expectations of From Software are always low when it comes to technical aspects. So a disaster would never have been a cyberpunk level disaster. But 
it's it's still a disappointment. The PC port is very bad. It's stuttering. Uh, the PS5 version, I'm even though I can notice frame rate drops. Uh, no, like in general, like if something is not 60 FPS, I can notice. I have not had a bad experience. According to the frame counters, it's 55 to 60, which is okay. I haven't noticed any, but like. Apparently on last-gen consoles, it runs at 32 FPS instead of being locked to 30. Like, why do such a thing? Why not just put a stable lock and put decent frame pacing? They why also don't have a lock three? on PC for 30 FPS, which is super weird. So it's like exactly. ping-pongs. It's, it's only 60 FPS. You can't even go to 120. But that's, again, the Xbox Series X is the most powerful console in the world. But it is getting 45 to 60 FPS. And if you want a consistent experience, you need a display with VRR. So you need, I don't know, a $2,000 TV from like 2019. That's not right. That's not the type of experience you should be getting for a game like this. And yes, I know, frame rate is not everything. Breath of the Wild runs at 27 FPS and people love it. But like, we should. We should hold developers to a higher standard, especially when you see some of the work which, like, I, the easy comparison is Blue Point's remake. Yes, I know it's a bit unfair because it was a remake, but I wish, I, <laughs> I almost wish that in 10 years we're getting a remake of Elden Ring by Blue Point, so that, <laughs> so that the game is even better. Uh, I would like to say, like, I think one of the reasons why we have these performance things is just the scale of the open world and just how much I think it strains their in-house engine because their in-house engine, I don't think, was ever designed to go so far, like in terms of just scope and scale. They've always, like, used funny tricks for, like, uh, bosses and enemy spawning and things like that. And it's obvious that it has been upgraded leaps and bounds, especially visually but the performance is coming from the fact that they're very good with this engine but the, i don't think this engine scales um upwards in terms of technology very well because even the initial dark souls didn't scale to pc appropriately it was designed very heavily around 360 and playstation uh, consoles so i think it may just be that while it allows them to do what they want because I'll, i will say this like dark souls online is one of the most enjoyable even with huge distances it never feels like there's this huge amount of lag it plays pretty well it feels like monster hunter for a comparative example but i think the the engine itself is like struggling under the own weight of its ambition and i'm sure they can optimize it i noticed after the day one patch on pc i went from heavy stutters every now and then to quite like it's it's stabled out and that also might fall on DirectX 12. DirectX 12 has a problem with shader loading. Like it's been an issue, not just in Elden Ring. It seems that when you're starting a game and you, it has to preload the shaders, but it does it in such a way that it causes stutter in many games. And until Microsoft fixed this, I think we'll be seeing it in other big games as well on PC releases that are exclusively DX12. Yeah, fortunately for me, I haven't encountered anything yet. I mean, maybe the, the frame rates did drop and so on, but I didn't. I didn't really notice anything. I think the beatings have been a bit too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not not everyone is sensitive to frame rate, and that's perfectly fine. You should. That's true. You that's should true. Count yourself as blessed. Now, 
yeah I'll, I'll say i'll say this as well like i have a mid mid-range pc and like i unfortunately i noticed that stuff yeah but um i can say that um if you played fifa on ps4 like the new ones yeah fine you know what i mean like because those games at this point are running at 24 frames and people say they're smooth so like mm. <laughs> you're good like you won't notice anything at all it to, to be perfect like if you played the last of us on ps3 and you're like this was awesome <laughs> you know mm. uh uh, then you're perfectly, perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm playing on the Series X, but yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just when it happens. Hey, yeah, I, I, I did die. Like... I did die once, only once in my current 25 hours of play to a starter, and mm. la- luckily I wasn't in tilt mode. But I laughed because I thought, ish, had I been tilted here, I'd have stopped. <laughs> because it was like a, it was a really bad stutter. It was one of those things where this uh, mid. Uh, they're called, there's something called elite enemies, which are just like really strong, random enemies in the world. I was fighting it, and you know, you're getting to the point where you're about to kill it, and I basically timed the dodge so that I can go in for my counter attack, and it started like heavily. And Woo! when the starter came out, I was standing, and I was like, I'm going to die. So, you know, Mash got tagged, Mash rolled away. Um, and by the way, Dennis, run. There's a reason we can sprint. Me, I run. Chug a potion, come back. <laughs> but uh, I won come the back fight. stronger. Exactly. But I won the fight. But I like for some people who get tilted easily, those heavy starters might be a major put off for them. But yeah, they really need to improve their PC ports. And hopefully, and they say they're actively working on it. Hopefully, they can figure it out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, guys, it was uh, good to have you on. Uh, I'm sure you're all gonna get back to the game right now yep 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 <laughs> uh some of you might actually be playing right now robin 100 hours Rob. <laughs> you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> don't worry <laughs> like bro do you just level up everything you kill <laughs> i played a lot this weekend so <laughs> i clocked a lot all right, guys, let me let you get back to it and let me try and pound my my head against this as well and see if I can I can uh, get to it as well. And yeah, um, complete yeah, the game. No, but remember, nice. Dennis, if it's hard, go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, hey, I learned that from the Tree Sentinel. I died to the Tree Sentinel like 10 times and I was like, I'm probably not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, that's the guy that I fought. So, that's oh, the guy the I fought earlier. You were underground. No. no. the first guy. The guy on the oh, that dude! Oh my God, may I completely yeah. avoided him. May I learn my lesson? I don't fight big nah. things. <laughs> nah, I fought him first time, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Like Horizon Zero Dawn came out just before Zelda, and now this has come out just you know before Elden Ring. It's like so what is wrong? unfortunate. You know what's you know what's unfortunate is that I've seen so much. Like when Horizon came out, it was like it was praised, but like not at that level. And everyone's like, the second one's gonna be a fucking hit. Second's come out and people are like, this is this is goatee material, and it and it yeah. is. Uh, and then even the Horizon, the first one, like last year, and even the months leading up to. 
Forbidden West. You could see people going back to it and going, this game is actually really fucking great, actually. Like, like people were going back to it and, and were like, this is really, really good, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's just unfortunate timing for them. Yeah, twice you know, in a row, man. They could have chosen, like, the period of March. Like, is there anything big coming? No, out? no, no. Let, let, me listen. let me tell you what happened. No Disney mm-hmm. was supposed to come out in January. Horizon was always scheduled. Oh no! That guy who But on this discourse, this discourse, I will say this: that it is very possible for two games to coexist and for people to like <laughs> both. No, like I, no, I, Horizon, man, I, I, I Horizon has Horizon. definitely made its money, guys. Like, let's not even. Uh, let's not no, even you know, my my point is not like you have to discredit the other game or dislike. But what I mean is. It is also a beauty in allowing a game to shine properly, That's you know? True. If you're, yes. you're going to come out now, I mean, right now, Robin, like, you, you are now playing this right now, you know? It doesn't take anything away from that game, but you want to give that game its own space, you know? An example I can give was what happened to Titanfall 2. One of, it was easily mm. the best first-person shooter when it came out. Perfect. And it was completely overshadowed because for some twisted reason, EA put it in between Battlefield and uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. And it could have sold infinitely more. It would have had more buzz, more talk. But you cannot force people to do that. And I get what Michael is saying. Like, if Elder, there's usually like the how the Pokemon games sell. They usually sell in dead periods for Nintendo. And so people have like a week, a month, and you find it stays on the charts for weeks as number one. So I, I see it in that regard. No, I, I fully agree. I think that the perfect example of this is uh, a game that came out at a sweet spot with uh, Animal Crossing. We all, all of us who are hardcore gamers, we know how big Animal Crossing is. But there's, so I would say like we're super elite hardcore, right? So we know Animal Crossing is fucking, it's a big ass game. But then there's core gamers who, who look at something like Animal Crossing and go, ah, Vafana. You know what I mean? They know it, but they, they won't try it. But because it came out at that sweet spot, and everyone was talking about Animal Crossing for months. Even those people and casuals ended up buying and playing Animal Crossing. And I feel like Horizon, obviously not at that level, but it could have had... The way you said, like, there's just no more people who are buying Elden Ring, you know what I mean? Like, Horizon could have could have had that, I think. But, uh, but, but obviously it will age well with time. I, I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree because... PS5 owners need a graphical showcase, and as good as Elden Ring is, if you... It doesn't hold the candle to Horizon, I'm not yeah, even a so, <laughs> Like, you know, I, this but is... But I mean, but, but I, it comes down to... Like, yes, it can have its own space, but then there's lots of people who say, no, I feel bad for Guerrilla, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, Guerrilla will be fine. Their game will probably sell 20 million copies. Which is as much as, which is nearly as much as all the Soul, Dark Souls games combined. Stuff like it will be fine. And like I said, the both games are have been able to breathe. As far as my social media is going, anyway, I'm seeing even after Elden Ring, Elden Ring's release, I'm still seeing plenty of photo mode from Horizon and. I've been seeing Zero Dawn photo mode pictures for the last five years, and I think that will be the same. Yeah. So the game will be fine, in my opinion, honestly. <laughs> I, I just wanted it to have more shine because I love exactly. um, the Gorilla, the, the engine to a fault. Like that thing is beautiful. And I would have just mm. loved to see 
more discourse because even going forward like uh you know it, it didn't get enough time to shine three weeks is not i like rpgs and i think the reason why this conversation is being had is because it and elden ring have similar genre they similar games. exactly they are similar like they're they action <laughs> rpgs with open worlds and a huge scale so they share you know a lot of things and it would have just been nice if it would have just released at a at an weirdly awkward time like pokemon legends rcs so donkey numbers because there's nothing when it came out and now it's considered one of the greatest uh pokemon games in terms of sales I, even i bought it <laughs> one last thing one last thing so uh like you said dark souls inspired the whole generation of games but only indie games really took that to note neo so, is not an indie guys, game Assassin's it's not Creed. yes so i'm saying like I, i'm i'm saying pro God of war okay assassin's creed uh, would you really say it's that that's literally is... deliberate dark souls combat final, final fantasy um what's it called the guy who wants to kill chaos every time chaos killer <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i think deliberate combat Do became you... a very big deal after dark souls like i agree what you're okay. saying but in terms of design ethos um you find that there was a point where we we're losing the stamina gauge and after dark souls came back uh everything came back okay yeah. okay maybe i i i then didn't i was trying maybe i was trying to look for bigger changes but i think for this one i think what i can see is going back to the um classic like doom one where it's like doom one has this big map but when you start and you open the map this jack shit until you go to the place then you see the map which is kind of what I think Elden Ring has, where it's like, okay, there's a map and there's stuff, I guess. But it's not, it doesn't have all the icons until you get there. Or Even if you get there, there you have so, to put the icons your damn self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, for me, I think that that's what I, I hope that that's what developers get from this game. From a game design perspective, what I can see, that that's the new big thing. The whole just explore like just yeah. go we won't tell you like if you miss a fucking major shit man but like and, and also i hope that that's what they also can. adding stakes to exploration because it's one thing like if there's one thing i hate in games it's it's treasure maps i hate treasure maps i hate did you see that boulder next I, it irritates me but this game with that exploration element the fact that there's risks to it it also makes it more enjoyable like i know i'm exploring and there's a reason why and if i fail i will fail hard you know but like if it's just explore for the sake of finding another watchtower to stand on top of ah. uh, i think i think also it's just going to show that people do want like an experience that's not super hand-holding you know uh i think one thing that many companies these days are using as an excuse for poor game design and let's all be honest here they're really becoming super aggressive with it is that they want to use accessibility as an excuse but accessibility does not mean uh taking away any aspect of what makes a game a game you know i know some people yeah. don't want to play a game they want just the story experience and the like and that's perfectly fine but uh we have to understand that obviously you know the we can't cater for everyone i'm not going to play the wolf among us and expect devil may cry combat it's not fair to the wolf among us i'm not going to go complain why does the wolf among us only have qte garbage mm-hmm. they should add a hard mode where i can dodge these things in 
it's an unreasonable thing to say. So we just, we need to understand that accessibility needs to come in the form of ensuring that people with disabilities can still be able to play Elden Ring at a level that allows them to overcome challenges within their capabilities. That is something that they should work on. Not uh, asking people, the developers who clearly have the vision to redesign their game to meet, you know, uh, a standard which is now causing other games to fail, you know? Like it's, people will say, no, have an easy mode. They'll put an easy mode and then the game flops and the developers are asking why. And then they'll be like, no, the game's just not, you know, it doesn't gra uh, grab me and I just don't feel like it's entertaining enough or, you know, I'm not getting what I want from this game or I played it for a couple of hours, but then I kind of got bored. Those are the conversations we hear a lot these days. And I think it's one of the reasons why games like Monster Hunter are very successful, even though they technically don't have any form of difficulty curve. It's just sort of a, as you learn, you the player learns, the game itself overall becomes easier because the developers trust in their vision, in their game, and how good it is mechanically. And they trust that their players can grasp it. Even Doom itself, as much as someone can claim Doom has easy mode, later on, enemies will drop you, even on easy mode in Doom. Like it's it, it yeah. will happen though know, when they swarm you and you get overwhelmed and you don't have you haven't built appropriately you will get dropped or the puzzles you can't escape the doom puzzles regardless of what difficulty <laughs> you want <laughs> exactly true, yeah. so you know those are some of the things I think we just need to get better at communicating and just ignore the hyperbolic people that you know just throw git goods or you know nah who needs accessibility <laughs> blah 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 yeah but yeah that's my take. <laughs>